0: It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see
1: an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked
0: to Sean Bauer. Had him around the waist. And the Raiders' defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick always always great to be with the brick i don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs we talk about what matters and championships and winning here it's big boy radio that is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that i've ever been a part of and that's easy to say that clearly get your ass out here and get ready here we go and now
2: here's jt the brick
0: oh we're ready to roll today i am ready to rock good to have you raider nation what's happening and All the listeners all over the globe on the Raiders mobile app, thanks for listening here. We got sports fans, not just Raider fans, listening, but I'm ready. I'm juiced up. I'm ready to go. There's a big week here for the Silver and Black. Desperate times make for desperate radio shows. Say it with me. Desperate times make for desperate radio. I think I provided more content in the last 24 hours than I might ever have. My wife reminded me, I did three podcasts yesterday, which no one should care, but I just wanted to share where my head's at. My head is scrambled eggs right now. And I got the head coach tomorrow at the crack of dawn. Coach wants me in early. And I love it because the coach is on Sarasota time. We're on the Pacific time zone, so I got to go to bed tonight at like 6 at night to be ready for Coach McDaniels tomorrow. But we did the Raiders roundtable yesterday with Eddie Pascal. I did the NFL Hits podcast with a former defensive end for the Chicago Bears. I did my podcast with Looney, uh, JT and Looney. It's about to post, and I did the show yesterday, and I did my Sirius XM show. So my brain needs a pause, but I can't because desperate times make for desperate radio. So what we need to do here is to come together. We need to come together as a nation. There's only one nation. It's the Raider Nation. Doesn't it get you get you crazy when they say Philly Nation? I saw that last night a fan had up, Philly's Nation. Look, you can even give all the credit to Raider Rob, who I have in the past. You can give it to whoever you want. But Raider Nation is the Raider Nation, and everybody now is copying it. Red Sox Nation, NASCAR Nation. F1 Nation, stop. There's only one nation. It's the Raider Nation, man. But the Raider Nation's getting beat up hard, man. Did you see those fans in New Orleans? Did you see some of the cutaways on TV in New Orleans? You had Raider fans who were drinking till 6 in the morning on Saturday night, just found their way back to their hotel, which they paid a lot of money for, showered, put on another Raider shirt, and they were there partying outside that dome. And then they kept showing the Raider fans on Halloween, sitting down, looking down. And again, they were making fun of you in the Raider Nation, which my job is to protect the Raider Nation in the little, little, little way I can. So Raider fans are taking it on the chin, man. They're getting beat up. The the donkey fans, the Niner fans. Oh, my God. Niner fans are calling every minute. Can I buy your tickets? Can I buy your tickets for New Year's Day? Niner fans are coming, man. They're coming in big. But the Raiders are in Jacksonville, and they're playing a team that's struggling just as much as the Silver and Black. So you can't lose. You know, New Orleans has got better players than Jacksonville. They do. I can go name by name for you. And New Orleans had a lot of guys out, and they slaughtered the Raiders, slaughtered them. Jacksonville's got a lot of young players. They're trying to, like, mix and match their players there. Really good edge rushers. Trevor Lawrence was a god in college, but not in the pros. I think the Raiders, with the health of the roster, depending on who's going to play, they got better players, and they should be able to win this game. But, you know, Jacksonville? Jacksonville's won some games this year. Jacksonville can play well. Jacksonville can be competitive. And the Raiders now are being tested more so than any time in Las Vegas Raider history. Remember, we're the Las Vegas Raiders now. And most people get it. Some on the fringe don't want to say that. The L.A. fans, the Oakland fans, most of them have come to Vegas with Mark Davis. They're blown away by the stadium. Blown away. They love Vegas. Remember, everybody who didn't like the move to Vegas, they all loved Vegas before the move. And it took them like a year or two to say, you know, now it's pretty good. I get it now. I get to go to Vegas, get to travel. I always have a great time in Vegas. So we're kind of winning those fans over. But now it's the time where the Raiders are coming off their worst experience in Las Vegas Raiders history. Not at Allegiant, but it happened in New Orleans. So that, to me, is the worst moment. I don't use rock bottom. I don't use terms like that much. But that's it. You know, you get shut out in New Orleans. You don't get past the 50 with your starting quarterback. You've now hit a point where there's nowhere else to go but up. Do we all agree? Like, there's no surprise here, right? Now I'm not on camera. Someone's not playing a practical joke on me. There's nowhere to go other than up after that experience in New Orleans. You can't play any worse. Derek Carr never in his life again, even playing with his children in the backyard, will get past the 50 in his enormous estate. We will never have a point again where that happens again. I can't imagine it. So this thing's got to get turned around. And it's got to get turned around now. And it really is a good scenario because of the fact that they're working out in Sarasota. And they're trying to turn it around on the road. And they're going to try to do it that way. So I think that that can only be good. Could you imagine if they had to come back to Vegas? Even though they have a glorious Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Oh my God, you could eat off the floors. The place is brand new. They don't need to come back home after that. They need to go. They need to get out of here and go get their work done. And all accounts are that they're getting their work done. Dave Ziegler met the media today over there. We got some content from him. A Josh McDaniels presser, we have some bites from him. And I'll talk to the head coach tomorrow and find out what's happening going forward here with Jacksonville. Believe me, my interviews with the coach this year, I think they've been good. They've been nine to ten minutes. I only got about four or five with, with the other coaches. He's given me a lot. There's not going to be a lot about burning the tape in New Orleans. There's only so – you watch our podcast, Raiders Roundtable – Lincoln Kennedy deserves some type of podcast award. Everybody has a podcast, but Lincoln was unbelievable with Eddie Pascal and myself yesterday. So, we're not going to spend a lot of time on New Orleans, even on the show today. We're on to Jacksonville. Got to find a way to beat them. Because if they do beat them to get to three and five, there is no doubt in my mind we are, they are going to crush Indianapolis at home. There is no doubt. So at least follow me, the Pied Piper of the Raider Nation, on that. That's all I got. If they win in Jacksonville, which is not guaranteed, they're only a one-point favorite, Vegas doesn't even sure, I can promise you if they get on that plane from Jacksonville to Las Vegas, they will destroy Indianapolis. They will pummel Indianapolis because they'll see some light at the end of the tunnel. Just a little glimmer of light, which will be Allegiant Stadium lit up after Elton John last night. They'll see that and they go, man, we win that game, we're four and five, and we'll go beat Russ and we'll beat Geno. So you got to beat Jacksonville, and we'll go through how to do it. And we'll go through how to do it and what needs to happen and your opinion on the game. So please give me an opinion in the next couple of shows on how to beat Jacksonville. Etienne out of the backfield, Alvin Kamara. Eddie Pascal came up with that. Alvin Camaro 2.0. Excuse me, Patrick Graham. You did not cover Alvin Camara. Didn't cover him. He lined up wherever he went. We didn't even bring a body to him. Oh, and then when he was running, like a deer in the forest, as I always say, everybody runs against the Raiders like a fawn, a deer over the middle of the field. No one wants to get him. You know, D- Divine Diablo's great after the play, tackling someone, but not before the play, breaking it up. So this guy coming in at the end is younger than Kamara. He's not as good as Alvin Kamara, but I can guarantee you Patrick Graham's going to cover this guy because after not covering Alvin Kamara, I could promise you it's come down from the heavens that de- this defensive coordinator better have someone on Etienne out of the backfield. Trevor Lawrence skips a lot of his balls. He throws a lot of balls behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of balls behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of short passes, and he overthrows a lot. He overthrows a lot. That's coming from Jaguar insiders to me. So I think we're going to get a few. I think there's going to be two interceptions coming in this game off of Trevor Lawrence. Definitely one. I'm hoping the Raiders, you know, get a tip ball or something happens there. Josh Jacobs was not moved at the trade deadline. Uh, Some people on the radio in this town who despise the Raiders, who don't like the Raiders, will talk about how come he wasn't moved. Why wasn't he moved? That's a good question. It really is. I don't think Dave Ziegler got enough for him if the phones rang. And I also think that they want to go out there. They want to go out there and kind of save the season. And you can't save the season without Josh Jacobs, right? You can't save the season without Josh. He's, he's, he's the guy who's been playing hard. You, 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 can, you can count on this guy, so you better not trade him away. And if they want to re-sign him, they'll find the money. They got plenty of money to re-sign Josh Jacobs. And if Josh wants to leave... Because he says, hey, man, I can't win with the Raiders. I love these guys, but I can go somewhere else and win. That's his prerogative. He can do whatever he wants to do. Uh, My other big topic is, will Darren Waller play? Is Waller going to be able to play? Don't know. Got to get Darren going. Got to find out more about that with the practice and what happens throughout the week. Here, I assume he's ready to go. I would assume he's got to be ready to go, and if he's not perfect, will they play him if he's not at 100%? Don't know, don't have the answer to that one yet. And then uh, the other big thing will be the quarterback, Derek Carr, because it's getting real interesting with Derek. He had a 100-yard passing game. I think it's the worst game of his career. He's lost more games. He's had big losses in his career, but he's played good in it. He almost had an MVP year in 2016. He played well last year, but he couldn't get past the 50-yard line. So, if you don't have that on the Mount Rushmore of the worst Derek Carr games of your life, then you're not a Raider fan. You haven't been watching like I have. It can't get any worse for Derek than that. So, I think Derek will bounce back, and I think Derek Carr will play at a high level in this game. But they got young edge rushers. They've been drafting young edge rushers, and we saw one of them in Canton, the number one pick overall, and he's nasty. Woo! We'll get into him a little bit later on. So, that's what I have. We have Russell Baxter. Great NFL researcher, one of the best of all time from ESPN content provider. Vinny Bonsignor will join us at the top of the hour. The great Mike North, one of the greatest sports talk hosts of all time from Chicago. we got a gambling edge today. We're going to talk to these prognosticators on how to bet. And then also the all-time great Bill Krakenberger, Crack Wins, on what's happening this year with the unders. If you're betting games, just bet the under and how that's paying off and some of the tendencies that we're seeing right now. If you'd like to get on, you can get on 702-365-9200. All I ask from you is let's move on from New Orleans and let's get into Jacksonville. And if you're not happy about New Orleans, you can put that into your Jacksonville call, but give me a little bit on Jacksonville, the significance of this game and what you think's going to happen as we get going. 702-365-9200. The Golden Knights won in overtime. Man, they are making a run. Great to watch this hockey team. The Golden Knights are playing great. We'll get to that in a minute. Russell Baxter, as I said, one of the best content providers, researchers in all the NFL. We haven't talked to him in a little while. Pleasure to have you on, Russell. And I was just previewing the Raiders in Jacksonville, and I'm trying to move on to Jacksonville, but how shocked were you with the talent of Carr, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, that the Raiders really didn't show up and got buried in New Orleans? How'd you see that game well,
1: I I was shocked considering uh, you know, New Orleans came into that game. Uh had given up two hundred points in their first seven games. Two hundred points the last couple of weeks, you know, forty two to, to Arizona. They won a shootout with uh with Seattle. Um and that's not really a Dennis Allen club. Uh their defense has been one of the better units the last five or six years, so uh, to be honest with you, JT, anytime you see a shutout in this league now, it is a little stunning. That was the only third one in the league uh, this year. Detroit got shut out by New England. Jacksonville pitched a shutout against Indianapolis. Shutouts come few and far between in the NFL, you know, like, the last decade or so. Uh, but to see, again, their caliber of talent, um, I, I don't have the number in um, front of me, but I know Alvin Kamara came damn close to outgaming the entire Raider team.
0: Yeah. He did. He played great. What can you tell me about Jacksonville after the Urban Meyer debacle and what happened there? Peterson comes in. It just seems like Trevor Lawrence can't get going. There's young quarterbacks that came behind him that can get going. What's been the holdup with Trevor Lawrence exploding on this league? Because they've been adding some talent recently. Well, yeah. I mean, Travis Etienne had
1: a big game against Denver, and that's a pretty good Denver defense, the game in London and so on. But, you know, Jacksonville, like many other teams in this league this year, Uh, having problems with ball security. And, you know, last year, I mean, put this into context. Last year, as the other side of the ball, JT, Jacksonville had an NFL low nine takeaways. That's hard to do in 17 games. They already have 10 this year. Uh, But last year, they turned over the ball 29 times. This year, they've already turned over the ball 12 times. Um, This game's on a five-game skid. And lately, it seems as if, you know they've kind of teased you a little they've hung around in games and things have gone wrong late in games they gave up a touchdown with a buck 43 left last week against Denver they let the Indianapolis game the second Indianapolis game uh get away from them so uh you know this uh, uh, with the exception of the 2017 season when they were up by 10 in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship game at New England this has been a, a very poor run for this team going back to 2008. Um, you know, wins have been very few and far between, and it's it's kind of shocking if you really think about mm-hmm. it, JT. Because when they first came into the league, you know, they had a sub 500 years of expansion franchise, and then Tom Coughlin took them to the playoffs four mm-hmm. years in a row. They had the best record in the league in 1999. Uh, looked like they might be in the Super Bowl and so on, and and. It's funny, usually expansion teams struggle early and then seem to excel later. Jacksonville exploded early and really hasn't
0: recovered since. Russell Baxter, the football guru, and you mentioned Tom Coughlin. Let me stop by uh, prayers to the Coughlin family. Judy Coughlin, the wife of Tom Coughlin, passed away this morning at the age of 77, a great woman. She did a lot in multiple communities here, especially as a philanthropist, so I'm happy we can mention that here. Prayers to Coach Coughlin. Let's jump in with what you saw at the trade deadline. What message did Denver give by getting rid of a great young pass rusher with all the Russell Wilson debt that they're going to have at the quarterback position and some of the players that they had? Very complicated to study Denver now because I think they're going to get better. I think Russell Wilson's great, not good. It's been a mess starting off with Nathaniel Hackett, but I think eventually they're going to get it right and add players there but a guy like Chubb doesn't come all around so often. Were you surprised by that move to Miami? I was a little surprised. His name was out there as far as trade things. He has had problems
1: staying healthy. There's no question about that. Um, and, but when they took them, they were expecting big things. And, you know, Denver defensively, that's been that's the only thing that's really saved them this year, JT. Um, you know, the, 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 the mm-hmm. ATN game kind of uh, skewed their run defense numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into this week, only the Niners are giving up more total yards per game. Only the – and no team, by the way, is giving them more pressing yards per game uh, or fewer passing yards, than what I'm saying. So defensively, they played very well. Uh, you know, you have know, had these, these uh, 11-10 games and 17-16 games and, you know, uh, the 21 points for them this year, which is what they scored last week. That's actually one of their one of their higher marks. So – um, you know, they've obviously done, dug themselves in a little bit of a hole uh, in the AFC West. Uh, but I've, I will remind people, they, have, they don't play the Chiefs until very late in the year. Uh, and they've yet to play them at all so far. So if they can kind of hang around, um, you know, maybe they can dig themselves out, out, out of this hole a little. But again, they, they've already lost to the Raiders. They've already lost uh, to the Chargers. Um, you know, they'll get rematches with them and so on. And again, with the chiefs. So, uh, you know, it's obviously there's a lot of football to be played in this league, but it's also a year and I don't have to tell you this. It's Mm -hmm. also a year where no one is really running away with any division. I mean, we have, we we have divisions where no one has, no team has a winning record. Okay. And, um, even the team with the best record in the league in Philadelphia, has the
0: Giants and the Cowboys breathing right down their throats. Russell Back joins us. Follow him, the NFL writer and historian at Backs football guru. He's connected to a lot of different services here. You get a lot of great information with him. I want to stay in Seattle for a second because I want to talk about Geno Smith. I've never seen anything like this. I went year by year with his stats. He played a little bit early. He went through a chunk where he didn't play at all. I'm talking an entire season. He had like mm-hmm. eight pass attempts or six pass attempts. Even in Seattle, he wasn't playing, obviously, backing up Russell Wilson, and then it clicks. You've covered every quarterback in the modern era. What did he do right to stay ready? I never thought he had the ability. He was like a big, big and strong, never had a great touch pass, but he could run a bit. I don't think I've ever seen a turnaround like this for a backup quarterback to be that ready when called on for an opportunity and be this good. Yeah, and and, and
1: I, I couldn't have summed it up any better way than you just summed up and so on. It is almost startling. Um, you know, there were people uh, out there who thought the Seahawks were actually going to tank this year. Right. Okay? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just give up on the season. First off, I find that hard to believe. Second off, Pete Carroll runs this team. Okay? I, there's, there's no tank in Pete Carroll and so on. But, you know, we got to see a little of Geno Smith last year when Russell Wilson missed three games. And it wasn't like he set the world on fire, Frank. Remember the, uh, the, the game in Pittsburgh where he got strip-sacked by D.J. Watt and they wound up losing um, in overtime and so on. So to see him come out, and, and I think the thing that strikes me the most, J.T., watching him, is the confidence he has in his arm. And I mm-hmm. don't mean that he's making bad decisions. He is throwing the ball as well as anyone I've seen this year. There is an, and it's, it's, he's spreading the ball around. They have balance on offense. I mean, who who would have thought that this would have been one of the better offensive big strike teams in the league, making as dramatic a change as they did at quarterback from a guy who, you know, and it's funny because Gino's gotten a chance to play against some of the teams that he had a cup of coffee with. You know, the Giants happen to be one of them. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and they hung in there last week. Uh, I, I, I thought the, 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 the pass to Tyler Lockett. Remember, Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. had kind of a rough game last week. Um, and, uh, and then he goes back to him later in the game. Kenneth Walker has been a tremendous addition to them in terms of the running game with Rashad Penny hurt. Um, they, they make plays. And, uh, you know, they're the only team. It's, think about this. It's the craziness of the league. A year ago, Seattle was the only team to not make the playoffs in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks yep. into the season, they're the only team to have a winning record in the NFC West.
0: It truly is incredible. Russell, good to talk to you, my friend. What are you working on? What can we find? What are you posting here soon? I read all your content. What are you, what are you working on?
1: Well, I have, I've been doing kind of a double header with full press coverage, JT, Um, you know, my five key statistics for the week, and then I do a thing called football food for thought where I give you a little something on every game. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll give you a little tease as far as the key statistics and so on. It just shows you how tough it is to repeat. You know, we're almost halfway through the season and both Cincinnati and the Rams have four losses, the Super Bowl teams from a year ago. You're the
0: best. Good to talk to you. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Russell. You got it, sir. All right, Russell Baxter, the football guru, NFL historian, longtime insider there. So you just heard what he said about Jacksonville. I want to make sure we got a Jacksonville hit with him on there and what they're able to do. And look, this is a team that Etienne played well against Denver. And Denver's got a much better defense than the Raiders. Not even close. They got better players, they they play better defense. And Etienne played pretty well in Jacksonville. So I would assume they're gonna get the ball right back to him. And I think that Doug Peterson is going to try to throw the ball on the Raiders because the Raiders haven't been able to guard anyone over the middle of the field. So I don't care who they put in the middle of the field. I don't know if they want to do a spy situation because of Etienne. I would think that we'd all agree maybe that's something they should do now, figure out if it's Martinez, if it's Perryman, whoever they're going to put in there, Divine Diablo, whoever you want. Uh, Have a formal spy on Etienne to guard him out of the backfield. Just, Just take a guy out of the defense. Take a guy out. How about this for an idea? I think this is a brilliant idea, and I just thought of it. How about letting Jonathan Abram just play run defense against at the end? Not pass defense. Just play him up in the box and say, you know something, John? You're really good against the run. You're going to guard that guy. We're going to put you in and get your snaps up again to where they were because we don't want you in the passing game. We want you to stop the run. How about that? And then hopefully Rocky Sin. And what they're doing here is we wait for Nate Hobbs to eventually come back. How about the corners play more cover? They, they cover man-to-man a little bit more. And play a little bit more aggressive. Because giving some guy eight yards, eight yards, <laughs> eight off the line of scrimmage, and then letting that receiver just cut to the middle of the field, get the ball with no one near him, that doesn't work in this scheme anymore. That's all I've seen. And I, all I do is talk to Phil Villapiano, Eric Allen, And Bill Romanowski every week on and off the record. And that's what those guys think they should do. Is just play tougher man. And go down swinging. Go down swinging playing tougher man. And put this on the players. I think it's a moment. Because I love the players and the coaches we deal with on the show and the GM. How about this for a random idea? How about all the pressure in Sarasota. All the pressure coming out of the tunnel in Jacksonville's on the players. How about getting in the player's face and say, no more of this. You're going to do your job. We're paying you a lot of money. You're going to play football and you're going to play defense and you're going to play man to man and you are going to get to the ball and we are going to have three hats on every ball instead of one guy dragging some guy down after 18 yards. How about putting it on everyone else other than Max, other than Max, who doesn't miss games, not in the tub, not injured, not might be injured. Let's take Max out of it, which I won't do with the coach because the coach is, is right. The coach has a great message. It's all about the pl- It's all about the unit, right? It's never about Max. It's about Max, the defensive tackles, and Chandler. We get that. That's the right way to do it. But that's not the way we do it on the radio. We point fingers. We point fingers, and we try to fix it on the radio. That's all we're doing, just talking sports. So how about making the players accountable to go do their job, to tackle, to cover, to deflect passes? Chris and West Oakland's great line all the time. How about you just get your hand? How about you just get your hand in front of the ball? You don't have to intercept it. Maybe just knock it down. I think that would help. I didn't see anything in New Orleans. There's nothing to look back on on New Orleans. They buried the tape. They burnt the tape. They did whatever they had to do. Now it's a new day in the Raider Nation, which it should be middle of the week as we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Monologue brought to you by PTs. That's Golden Entertainment, 64-plus locations. I was on their Facebook page, and I was talking to one of the executives over there. Man, they had a big number on Halloween. Uh, What they do great at Sierra Gold and PTs is they're a community of friends and family. They had everybody out there for these individual Halloween parties and had a great time. So if you're looking for a place to watch any game, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, half-price drinks. That's all I can get you, man, half-price drinks. Just don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive, but take advantage of those half prices. Over at P.T.'s, they fuel the monologue. As we get going, I'm loaded up. Like to see a couple of phone calls in here in between the guests. Dial at 702-365-9200. Mike North coming up. Bill Krakenberger, the great Vinnie Bonsignore, all scheduled to join us. It's a good show today. And Bobby put it together. I tweeted out before the show at JT the Brick, the shield that's in my pocket now. Uh, They reminded me, keep the shield in the pocket the week of the game. It brings good luck. I apologize for failing on that in the past. The shield is in my hand and in my pocket today looking for a Raider W.
1: Yeah, I think we got off to a slow start. So, you know, whether, you know, lack of urgency, I'm gonna, you know, defer to the players. Those, those were the guys that were in the locker room and were on the field and, you know, were, we're interacting with each other, but we did get off to a slow start. And when you get off to a slow start um, in, in this league, you know, you, you and you're on the road and the crowd gets going and things like that, you know, you have to fight and scrap and claw to, to get back in. And we weren't able to execute well enough to do that. And so um, I don't think that's, um, I, I wouldn't expect, I don't expect to see that here this, you know, this Sunday. Um, I think, you know, it was an opportunity for the team to, to learn about how they need to approach the games, how they need to prepare, and how we need to get off to a fast start. And I would expect that this week. Um, we'll go from there.
0: All right. That's Dave Ziegler as he's talking to the media in Sarasota, expecting to get off to a good start. So, so do I. It's, it's got to happen. The cameras will be on the Raider captains and the players, to make sure they get off to a good start. Thanks for coming back. We're brought to you by our great friends at Resorts World. They have two really good sports venues there. Scott Sabella's vision for sports, he did it the right way. you got Doghouse Saloon, which is right off the free parking when you come off the elevator, and then Redtail, where it's right outside Zook, the great nightclub, and they have two great spots to go watch sports, UFC, European soccer, NFL, college football, a matter of fact, on Saturdays. So, head on out to Resorts World. If you're a local, great. And thank God my show just isn't local. Thank God this show's on the Raiders mobile app. So I could take calls when Vegas goes to sleep on me. Like this guy, Jaime, is in Eugene, Oregon. Thank God I'm on in Eugene, Oregon today. How are you, Jaime? I'm doing great, brother. So, I've been a
3: lifetime Raider fan my whole life. And one thing, I'm, I'm 30 years old. One thing that I, I stress that we need so badly is continuity. I've been, I've seen it all. And every time we go on, there's always three years, right? So we have three years, and then something happens. I believe that this year, if John Gruden was still there, then we'd be chasing the Super Bowl. So I see two and five, but I, I just listened to the Dave Bingler, uh press conference, and I, I get excited because I see it. They're like, the plan doesn't change. We need to stick by our guys. We have some of the best talent in the NFL. We really need to just stick together. And look at, for, for this coming up week, Trevor Lawrence has six interceptions. Mm-hmm. I think they've converted maybe 40 or not that. I think it's 45% of their third down. We need eight interceptions by the end of that game. We need to stop them. And I like that idea that you said with Jonathan uh, Abram just singling in on one player. I was like, oh, man, that makes sense. Let's, let's, let's bring that fire. Like We need something on the defense. But continuity, is that's all I want to preach. I want Raider Nation yeah. just to be happy. And we need, to, we need to make this happen. If we look at the last time that we were – we were winning and we were happy. Okay. It was Jack Del Rio and that was his second year. But then if you look at before that, the last time that the, I think it's the last time that we had four years as a coach, mm-hmm. what was that? That was back in 2000, 2001. And that was, oh no, it was 2002 when we went to the Super Bowl and we went with, I believe it was Callahan. Callahan. Yeah. And that was John Gruden's team. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the fourth year. I just want, I want us all to just take a breath. And we just need some continuity. If you look at the best teams in the world or and whatnot in the NFL, they have continuity. I just we have too much talent and we have a plan set in place. I'm I'm Raider Nation till I die. That was ugly last week. That made me sick. But I'm just hoping that we can get that together. So I'm mm-hmm. fired up for this week. I'm glad as I am for every Raider game and I appreciate you taking my call.
0: All right. Well I appreciate you and thank you. That is a really sharp a really sharp phone call there. If you believe in what he's talking about, like I do with Dave Ziegler, if Dave Ziegler didn't have a plan, can you imagine, I can't, can you imagine if Dave was sitting in Sarasota in front of Vinny and Vic and Tashaun, everybody who's there and says, you know, we're two and five, we're going to change our plan. Can you imagine that? That would never happen. They have a plan. It's not a seven game plan. It's not a 12 game plan. They have a overall plan that everybody in the building talked about. And that's why they were brought in as head coach and general manager. And I think that everybody understands that. I know that people understand that they just don't, A, you don't like the plan, or B, the plan's slower than expected. We get all that. That's what we do here. But at least the plan is in place. And there's a lot of people, you know, as a former stockbroker, I've been in the stock market and, you know, watching this, just the market implode. You know, and every day I turn on the TV and I listen to these CEOs and they come on with Jim Cramer or someone else and the stock's down 70 percent, 50 percent. What do they talk about? Well, we have a plan. This is what we're sticking to. We didn't expect the market to go down. We didn't expect a war in Ukraine. We didn't expect soaring prices or inflation. And people either believe it or not. In the stock market, you sell. You say, I don't like the plan. I'm getting out of it. You can't do it as a Raider fan. You can't sell. You can't sell your season ticket hold. You can sell them, but you want to be there. You want to believe in the plan long term. And I understand that. And some days are better than others. Some days the plan doesn't work accordingly. And I don't think the plan is working when it comes to game plan every game. That's evident. But I think the way they're trying to build the scouting department, scout, get ready for the draft, uh, dealing with free agency. You know, I'm fascinated by what happened in at the trade deadline, you would assume that the phone rang for Josh Jacobs, and I think I know why they didn't move him. But the other guys, maybe there wasn't a peep for Cleve Farrell. Imagine you could get the fourth overall pick, the fourth overall pick in the entire draft a few years ago, national champion, defensive captain in Cleve Farrell. You just got to call up and say, hey, man, what's Clee going for? Ah, Six-round pick, fifth-round pick. Nope, I don't want him. It's too expensive. I don't know what happened. Same thing with Jonathan Abram. But they're not going to trade Colton Miller. They're not going to trade Darren Waller. They're not trading Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, everything here. There's only a certain amount of players who are available for a price and a fair price. And it looks like Dave Ziegler looked at the marketplace and said, we're out. It doesn't make sense for us right now and what we're trying to do. So we'll see how this plays out and what Dave does uh, with the rest of these players throughout the rest of the season. And I know what it's going to be like in the offseason. The offseason is going to be pretty amazing and pretty intense and very volatile because a lot of players aren't gonna come back. And you know that and I know that, and we're gonna see how that plan comes into place. Edward is in Vegas. We appreciate you calling Ed. What's happening?
2: Hey, how you doing, man? First time caller. Love your show. Mm. Love, it. Okay. love, it, love, you. it, love it. Love it. Thank you, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I just got a question. Why aren't they okay, Devontae Adams is a Green Bay. They played the exact same way, right? Two over him. Covered him every time, but Rodgers still force fed him. Why isn't Derek Carr just throwing to him? Just, just put it up there. He's an all star. You know what I mean? He's he's got the talent. He's got the skills. So like he doesn't even look at him. Like he's scared.
0: I don't think Derek scared. Of, I don't think Derek's scared of Devontae. I mean, they they're best friends. I don't think he's scared no, of him. No. I think the coverage no. is the coverage is an issue. The coverage is an issue. And I think Devontae's lined up right on the sideline too much. So when a ball does come to him, he's got a toe tap. Because it's the same thing with Matt Collins. Every time a ball goes up in the air, it's high. It's on the sideline. It's a very risky ball to catch. Not for an interception purpose, but it's high. It's at the sideline. And you got to make the catch and go up and get it and tap your toes inbound. I don't know why these pass plays are run right on the sideline with inches to spare. I don't get that. Thank you thank you. That's, that's
2: exactly what I'm saying. It's like, I don't understand. He was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, so we know they got two people covering him every single time, mm. but he still goes getting hundred and some yards and two to uh, one or two touchdowns a game. And all of a sudden now he's with Derek Carr, his, his college teammate. And now he can't even get what he got one catch for three yards. Like what, how is this not being done the same way Green Bay did it?
0: Well, I think Green Bay, appreciate the call, a better personnel and a better team and a better offensive line. That answers the question real easy. And Aaron Rodgers is not better than Derek Carr. He's much better than Derek Carr. Okay, he's an elite quarterback, elite MVP. Come on. So was it better? Well, they had chemistry. They played together for years, and they, were, they had better timing. I, I believe that Derek and Devontae can get that timing back. They've had a couple of games this year. But if you're talking about the amount of targets available, and how many times they could go over to Devontae, I would agree. I was surprised. You know, when the game was coming apart at the seams in New Orleans and Darren Waller wasn't on the field, I think the only person that could have saved the day because they were not going to run Josh Jacobs. Stop. Dennis Allen owned that game plan. He did a Belichickian move. He said, we're taking Josh Jacobs out. We're going to stuff the box. And the only way to open it up would have been the passing game. And quick secret for everybody the offensive line was not up to the challenge. The offensive line that pa- uh, that run blocked well on this on this Josh Jacobs three game Marcus Allen run. They did a nice job picking up hats and blocking. When they were asked in a game in a loud environment to pass protect, they failed. They couldn't help Derek. Derek didn't have any time. Now you move the pocket. Derek makes these miraculous plays. Derek runs more. Yeah, that's open for debate but they took they took the running game away and the Raiders passing game had absolutely no answer that's pretty obvious
1: so now set up first and 10 on the Texans 15 Delayed hand up to Jacobs. Huge hole at the middle, 10. Cuts right side,
0: 5. Touchdown, Jacobs! The hat trick in the end zone! His third rushing touchdown of the day! And the Raiders go up two scores, 30-20 to with 7.06 to go in the ballgame. Compass Media Networks, Jason Horowitz on the call. My great friend, Mike North. One of my mentors, guy who helped me in the beginning of my radio career, and one of the greatest sports talk hosts of all time. And, Mike, I'm in Vegas. The Raiders are 2-5. and five. You're in Chicago, and it seems like the Bears are getting rid of everybody. Quinn, Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack a few years ago. What's the word on the street in Chicago, my friend?
2: Well, as usual, it's great to talk to you, JT. You know how I feel about you. Hardest working man in the business. Uh, what basically I, you know, the Bears should have been was 4-3, if you count the Washington game, and then uh, you know they lose that game twelve to seven, they beat New England, and let's say they're four and three. But it was disrupting uh, Ryan Poles' plans of rebuild. I mean, you know, Seattle was supposed to be rebuilding, New York, the Jets rebuilding, the Giants supposed to be rebuilding, Atlanta where they were going to be nothing. Well, plans change when you start winning. The rebuilding ends, and the Bears were showing some progress. They go and trade two of their best pieces. Uh, I don't think get equal value back, and then we pick up uh, uh, Claypool mm-hmm. to bolster the offense. It doesn't make any sense. You bolster your offense to help Justin Fields, but you weaken your defense that had kept you in ball games till Justin Field uh, figured it out. So, you know, I'd rather have Claypool than a second round pick. I'm I'm sick of draft picks, uh, mm-hmm. but that being said, rather puzzling. Uh, what I saw all over the past uh, couple of days by the Bears.
0: You said it better than anyone I've heard say it on TV or radio. A lot changes when you don't plan on winning, then you start winning. I've never heard it described that way. You nailed it. The Giants had no intention on winning. Seattle had no intention on winning. These no. teams are like, in the beginning of the year, all we did off season was talk about these teams that didn't have a chance to win. They didn't have the players. Now they're out of the gate winning, and then they're looking at the trade deadline differently, Mike. Absolutely. And, and
2: that's what I saw with the Bears. And now, you know, there's some Bear fans. You'll hear the national people talk about this and talk about that. I'm here. Uh, puzzling. I mean, you know, okay, so we're 3-4. and four. That left us at the time until we lost to Dallas because they took the heart out of the team by trading Quinn. Rokan knew he was leaving. But, you know, 3-4 and four left us tied for the seventh spot at that time. Why couldn't we wait a week? Till Tuesday. Let's say they beat Dallas with Robert Quinn. It didn't happen, but let's say they did. Then they're four and four. are four and four. They didn't even want to take that chance. They had this trade planned, and you know this as well as I do. Trades don't happen in a day or two. They had this trade planned before the New England game. And then they beat New England and they already had committed.
0: Mike North joins us from Chicago, the great one. Now, let's jump in and talk about Kyrie Irving. I grew up in Long Island, New York. And when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, I went to 10 bar mitzvahs. I grew up in a Jewish Mm -hmm. community in Long Island. Mm -hmm. A lot of Jewish Mm -hmm. friends, Jewish people in my family married in. The Jewish population in Brooklyn is enormous and Kyrie Irving connecting himself to an anti-Semitism documentary, doubling down on this and mm-hmm. just blowing up the entire season. You covered a new Michael Jordan, Pippen, and the Great Bulls dynasty teams. Can you believe this guy, Kyrie Irving, and the chaos he's bringing to the NBA?
2: Well, first of all, you know, it's sort of funny you said. That I grew up in a building. We, me and my two brothers were the only Catholics. We grew up in a building of 12 boys. Twelve boys. The other nine boys, they were all Jewish. I liked my friends so much that my mom wanted to send me to day camp. I went one year to Hebrew school during the summer until I sat there with my buddies and said, this isn't for me. That being said, if David Stern, who I knew very well, would come on with me numerous times during the year, and who I often compared to Louis B. Mayer, who instituted the studio system, but kept everybody, kept all his stars in line for the most part. Not that there weren't some imperfections, If David Stern's commissioner, this guy's gone for the year. Mm -hmm. Adam Silver's a weakling, period, end of story.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point there. And Steve Nash gets thrown to the Wolves. Could you believe the Lakers the other night won their first game and they celebrated in the locker room? They're spraying the head coach, Darvin Ham. They're 1-5. I'm one of the few people that believe that LeBron James can catch Michael Jordan, If but he's got to win two more and he he's going to pass Kareem and he's got to play way past Michael and Michael's prime and Michael's old age. And then I see LeBron spraying water bottles on a coach and they're 1-5. I've never seen anything like that, Mike. Uh, I saw a documentary
2: on the Dodger Yankee um, um, yes. series on Civil War, and George Steinbrenner uh, told the Yankees, "Look, you're going to have your hair cut. You're going to you're going to represent the New York Yankees. You may not like what I say, but I pay the checks. I get it done, and you're going to show pride." Well, the pride's over in Los Angeles. LeBron James, the Jordan argument's done. Uh, you know, you can you can put up big numbers, and he he will probably pass everybody in numbers. But you're playing a ton of games. I mean, my argument, like uh, with everybody else, Albert Poulos said 700 home runs. Granted, the last last 15 were cookies from adoring baseball players. For what reason, I don't know no, I don't know. But Babe Ruth had 3,000 less at bats. You know, he had mm-hmm. six seasons less at bats. The same thing goes for LeBron. As great as he is. I think this has tarnished his image. Jordan, even in his last year with the Wizards, played all 82 games, averaged 20 points a game, and rolled into the sunset. Did we like the way it ended? No. But Jordan has meticulously watched his, or I know Michael very well, mm-hmm. you know, people, he's smart as hell. Smart as hell. Uh, they say he's got good people around him. He's the good people. He's the good people that's surround him. LeBron, somewhere along the way, got involved in all sorts of other things. He's doing commercials, everything else. I, I want the Lily commercial on AT&T to go away as soon as possible. I've seen it 40 times. I don't want to put up with that anymore. But that being said, I like LeBron James for his basketball playing career, but it's been tarnished. And the Lakers celebrating. Jerry Buss is shaking his head upstairs right now.
0: Mike North, as we wrap it up, I got Krakenberger coming on later. I want to ask you the same question. What's with the Mm -hmm. Unders this year? What's with gambling on football with all these teams we didn't expect to win? I mean, the survivor pools, you can go from Circa, people getting decapitated in their survivor pools because everybody's losing. Mm -hmm. How difficult is it to bet on NFL? Not college, NFL this year. A lot of people just every week come in like zombies. They can't believe what's happening, especially the Unders. Yeah, the Saturday and Sunday, Saturday's been better. The Sundays for me have
2: been unbelievably. Uh, I'm in a contest, and I'm 6-under. I'm in another contest, I'm 2-over. There's no rhyme and reason for the play. Uh The running game is back. That's the way I always thought. You know, the way to beat the Golden State Warriors, I always thought, was not try to copy them. Uh, Try to do something different. Lo and behold, who comes up? The Milwaukee Bucks inside presence with the Freak, mid-range jumper with Middleton. Middleton, if he doesn't get hurt, I think they beat him again last year. I think the way to beat these passing teams is to run at them. The Bears have had three 200-yard rushing games uh, because these teams don't defend against the run all that much. And I'll tell you this, I noticed this last week, you know the passing game isn't as relevant because the quarterbacking isn't as good. There's four good teams, maybe five really elite teams right now, JT. But it was the first time in a long time where the over-unders, there wasn't one in the 50s last week. Mm -hmm. They were 47 and down. So uh, it's a new era. It's old school a little bit, which which I happen to like. I think things got out of hand with the 55-45 sports. I think it's ruined a lot of college football, not all of it, uh, that there's no defense at all. I mean, everybody tells me, that Alabama game against Tennessee was a classic. Where was the defense? A classic has to have everything and twelve hundred yards of offenses and everything. I understand people like offense, but I think now things have simmered down a little bit in the NFL, and you're seeing more of a balance. Yet the teams aren't as good.
0: Thank you, Mike. You add so much with all your content. Love having you on the show. Your energy. Is electric. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks for doing this. Anytime you need me, I'm
2: there for you. You know how much I love you. Take care, buddy.
0: Take care. Mike North, fantastic content provider, legendary radio host, the first ever sports radio host to make a million dollars a year, which is a big milestone. And last night in Chicago, another legend, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, dog, got into the Radio Hall of Fame and had his big night. And as you know, I work on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Uh, throughout the week so that was nice to see those two legends had a big part in radio Mike had a bigger part in my career because when I started in radio after winning the Jim Rome smack off and I went to my first radio row Mike was there and I said oh my god it was like seeing light it was like one of those things in the movies where ah I saw Mike and I came up to him and I said hey man I just got in the business I'm a former stockbroker I want to make it big Uh, I know who your agent is can you help me out he says whatever you need gave me his number and said, whatever you need, and we've been friends ever since. So I appreciate having him on. Good first hour of the show. Uh, Vinny Monsignor at the top of the hour here with Vinny. We're going to talk about the Dave Ziegler uh, interview today. as Dave talked to the media there, and Vinny was there asking some questions. So we want to know what Vinny took away from that and what needs to happen going forward. So Vinny is the perfect guy today to talk about that. I am thrilled to have him on. No doubt about that, and I'm thrilled to be partnered with Remy Martin. Remy Martin is fantastic. Your first start, your adventure in a spectacular story-themed Christmas light maze. Wait till you hear the story of enchantment at Resorts World with Remy Martin.